Hello, friends, and welcome to the Personal Arrogance Podcast, episode number 125. Ooh. I am your host, Jesse Wilson, and with me this week, as always, is the whooper himself. Eric Whoop Whoop Walquist. <laughs> that is a juggalo uh, call. Oh, I, just, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm saying this for the audience. Believe me, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You're in the cl- clowny, clowny family. The clown clan. I think that's, that's what you call. That's what Be we're very called. careful with that. Oh man. Well, let's get, let's get away from that. Let's just get away from that right off the bat. How are you? Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, speaking of people in crazy suits giving you free candy, uh, <laughs> Christmas was good. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, my Christmas was pretty good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed myself a lot. I heard that you made a beer. Oh, well, I did today. Oh, post-Christmas. Yeah, at work today I did. Oh. Yeah. I was thinking if you, I thought you'd made like a homebrew and you could call it Boxer Day Brew because it's Boxer Day. Oh, yeah, that, I could have done that, but I instead made a 15 bear. <laughs> 15-barrel batch of beer at work. Well, that'll do it, too. Did, yeah. Other than that, did you have a good Christmas? <laughs> yeah, it was cool. You know what was, uh, like, kind of turned the tide of Christmas for us was the uh, the popper things, the Christmas oh, cracker poppers. Yeah, with, did they have the paper hats? Yeah. Exactly. They're like little, um, they're little tubes, mm-hmm. and you hold a side, and someone else holds a side, and it's got, like, a little... Uh, like it pops right and someone wins it whoever gets like the middle section of the tube wins and you get like a toy and a crown and stuff and it's fun see we had those uh last christmas but we didn't do it everybody just popped their own what yeah that's so lame it's (laughs) i I didn't (laughs) know i'm sorry but you did it wrong i didn't know it was a game yeah, and whoever whoever gets the big half wins the thing. It's like breaking a wishbone. And what's fun about that is, like, I'm a pro at it. I always win right away. <laughs> so, like, if you lose, you have to, like, get another one and challenge someone who hasn't played yet. So, oh. for whatever reason, my mom is, like, the worst at it. And she had to go through, like, four people before she ended up winning. No, it's the UK influence. Yeah, the shame element is what makes it fun for me. Exactly. Just like Shaming any, my friends and family. Any great holiday tradition. <laughs> yeah. It's all about it's the about shame. competition and shame. Yeah, speaking of which, I love giving gifts. Yeah. I pride myself on being a good gift giver. Mm. And not for nothing, I think I hit it out of the park this year. Oh, yeah? Do you, you, you want to explain? Well, I don't want to gloat. But uh, there's actually a very key, there's a key to this that I'll get to in the recommendations. But, uh, but I think a big element of it is you want to get people a present that they would never buy themselves, but really want. Right. Right. So, like, my brother, I got him, my brother-in-law, I got him a fitted Sonics hat because he had one as a child and I learned this when I went to his house this summer. And then I was like, well, he, he doesn't have one now. So I got him an identical one, but it's fitted and nice. Do they even, where do you get a Sonics hat? You get them at Lids. Are they like 
they they can't be like NBA official hats. They are. They're they're like NBA throwback hats. Then they can do that. They could do that. Like, could you buy a Houston Oilers shirt if you wanted to, oh, like yeah. NFL brand? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Well, I don't know if they make the Houston Oilers, but they do that. Like all, like you can get throwback, you know, baseball caps and stuff all the time. Right, but it's a throwback to something that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, like the like the Cleveland Spiders. Is that a real team? Yeah, Major League Baseball team, Cleveland Spiders. What happened to them? Oh, they crawled away. <laughs> hey Yeah, I walked through their uh, I walked through their web one night. It's the tall man's curse, as you always walk through a bunch of spider webs. Yeah, I managed to pull that <laughs> off buying the um, buying the gift for someone that they want but didn't would never buy for themselves. I yep. pulled that off with Tasha, mm-hmm. and as you know, the SO is the most important gift in the holidays. So Correct. That went off pretty well. Excellent. Do you want to reveal what it was? Uh, it was a clay extruder. Ah. <laughs> it's like a pottery tool. Classic Christmas gift. Yeah. Yeah, everyone remembers waking up and unwrapping their very first clay extruder. <laughs> exactly. Potters know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, yeah, so my Christmas was good. I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a different scene this year. Oh, yeah. It's I was with... Babe. It was basically um, Elsa-centric. Uh-huh. So um, my mom and uh, Tasha's parents and her brother... So, like, anyone who's in, like, the uncle-grandparent range was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And parent, obviously. So, that was cool. Well, and, you know, I think that you're still in the clear here, but when I was Christmas shopping, I, like, could not imagine the pressure put on a parent buying presents for their children, like, once they're of age where they, like, really want something. Right. That is immense pressure. I say kudos to Yeah. I, I I haven't really had to grapple with that yet. I actually didn't even get Elsa anything. <laughs> I she, got her I got her a life. That's what I got her. Yeah, exactly. Uh she's seven weeks old and she doesn't even interact with inanimate objects yet. Oh. So Excellent. a thinker. She's a thinker. <laughs> yeah, she's a thinker and an eater. <laughs> well, sounds like someone else I know. Um, yeah. My, that uh, that's me. I'm the thinker. Oh. Anyway, uh, I want to get right into the dedication this week. Uh, I'm going to dedicate this show to uh, another uh, a, f- a famous Wilson. He's now famous. Mm-hmm. That's going to be Russell Wilson. Mm. Also, Pete Carroll, Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman, and the rest <laughs> of the Seattle Seahawks for showing the league who's boss and laying the beat down on the once mighty San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it entirely though, because it wasn't a game they needed to win. Yes, it was. It wasn't a game. The 49ers needed to win. Yeah, They did because they haven't won the division yet. Yeah, but they're going, they, they host Arizona next week. So it's the NFL baby. Get this: <sighs> if if the Seahawks win next uh, on Sunday, the Niners lose and the Packers lose, the Seahawks will be the number two seed and will have home field advantage until the NFC Championship game. That would be cool, but yeah. I think what's much more likely is we're just going to have to. I say we because, as you know, I'm on the team, right? 
Uh, I'm number 97. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we're going to have to just... Uh, show people up in the wild card weekend and on the road. I think it, I think it'd be great, man. I think the Seahawks are a team that if your team is knocked out of the NFL playoffs, root for the Seahawks. It's a now, fun team Eric, to root for, and they put up 150 points the last three weeks. Uh huh. Um, I I can't help but uh, bring up the fact that. A couple months ago, you were saying Russell Wilson needed a year with a clipboard. Yeah, I mean, I I will tell you what, this crow is delicious. <laughs> I just put a little Tabasco sauce on it, and I and this crow is, is that a thing? Is so yummy. Eat, yeah, you eating eat, a crow. Eat crow. I've never heard this before. <laughs> it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a figure of speech. You and Edgar Allan Poe are the only people yeah. that say this. Eat crow. Well, a, I, I am eating crow on this one. Russell Wilson's gotten better and better every week, and now he's like an amazing quarterback. The only quarterback who has a higher, uh, higher average uh, QB rating is Peyton Manning, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I do. Since we're already talking about it, mm. I mean. Rookie of the year, or is that like? I mean, that's kind of already going to luck, which is because the well, Colts have basically had the most impressive turnaround right. in NFL history, coming from one year to the next. And you have to look at that. But if and and, and I was and I was on the luck train for rookie of the year all the year up to this past weekend. What Russell Wilson did on a national stage uh, against the top-rated uh, scoring defense in the league. Um, is something that uh, I think that it's just no contest. If you line him up next to Luck or next to RG3, I would say Russell Wilson has the edge. Plus, he's thrown more touchdowns than each of those guys. And he's also run for three touchdowns now. So, yeah. Uh, he's he's two touchdowns away from, uh, from matching Peyton Manning's uh, rookie touchdown record. That's, that's the quarterback we're talking about. That's so, pretty impressive. Yeah, um, it's pretty amazing. And... Uh, I, there hasn't been a player like this on the Seahawks that I can even remember. I mean, there was a year that Sean Alexander uh, was the MVP, but that was just such it was such a boring team to watch. They were just very methodical. That was a team that went to the Super Bowl, but I mean, they they just had a great offensive line. You could have put uh, you know Pee Wee Herman behind there with the football, and he would have run for twenty seven touchdowns. So yeah. Uh, and, and and he had such a big fall off. I think you know, seeing Russell Wilson here at the beginning of his career, like this is our franchise guy. This guy's going to be Seattle's guy for years and years and years to come. And it's very exciting to have a player this good on our team. Hopefully, Ru- Russ Chies. I'll uh, I'll I'll workshop that. Russ Chies. Franchison. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well, that's the thing about the NFL is like usually your players stick around. Like usually you can resign them and. Right, it's, it's I'm sure like he has baseball. a multi-year contract. I hope. Yeah. Oh, he does. He does. He's got a multi-year contract, and I'm sure he'll resign uh, once that contract's up. But what's inter- what's uh, exciting about the Wilson Luck thing is we will get to see how they perform in the postseason. That's true, and RG3 might get there too. Yeah, that's the, uh, uh, determined this Sunday, I think. Yep, Sunday night. Cowboys That'll Rams be a good game. game. It will be a good game. Classic rivalry. I want to get to uh, some listener feedback before we jump on the show. We have a little bit of listener feedback this week, but I wanted to touch on it. Eric Rudder sent us a uh, a message on our Facebook page. He says, hey there, I'm new to your podcast since you joined the Bald Move Network. 
Uh, on a recent cast, you mentioned hey, playing Halo 4. Do you guys have any fan Halo 4 meetups? And uh, we haven't done this yet, uh, but uh, we do put out our gamer tags. Uh, my gamer tag is Sword Goats. That's S-W-O-R-D-G-O-A-T-Z. Sword Goats with a Z. And Jesse, what's yours? Yeah, the traditional spelling of Sword Goats. Right. I am Killer McCain, K-I-L-L-E-R-M-C-K-A-N-E. So this is another way you can get in touch with us. If you just uh, add us on Xbox, we we will play some Halo with you. And uh, please, um, you know, let us know on our Facebook page, or you can uh, write us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. If we get enough interest, it'd be great to do a meetup, uh, an online meetup in, in Halo. That would be really fun, actually. Be really I'm totally fun. down. Yeah, that'd be super fun. So, um... So let us know, and those are our gamer tags. Um, and I uh, just want to remind you how you can get in touch with us. You could get, go to our Facebook page. We have the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, and we have the uh, Bald Move Facebook page. Um, I'd like to, uh, like to recognize Jesse Booker and Tony Borer for, uh, for liking us on our Facebook page. But we also have the Bald Move page. Post on both of them. You can, uh, you can email us, personalarrogance at gmail.com. Or you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail. We haven't had a voicemail in a while, guys. Why don't you give us a call at 360-362-0024. Uh, Jesse, quickly, what are you drinking this week? Oh, right. Um, I'm drinking a Dublin-brewed Guinness. Mm. So I, I feel like Guinness is one of the most wildly inconsistent beers <laughs> out there. You can have it at one bar, like on draft, and it'll be awesome. And then you can go next door and have one, and it'll be lousy. Mm -hmm. And then they have they have the bottles that you're supposed to drink from the bottles, and they they have the cans that you're supposed to pour into the bottles, and they have like the extra stout <laughs> export, and they have their standard one. Some of it's brewed in Canada, some of it's brewed in Ireland. It's confusing. And then like everyone says, you know, well, you sh you're supposed to go to. It'll never taste the same as when you have it in Ireland, but I've heard of people having it in Ireland and it being just like kind of whatever. I don't know. I'm confused on the whole Guinness thing. It's really yeah. throwing me for a little. Yeah. Well, but it's good. That's good. When I was in England, I had a pint of Guinness, and it just tasted like Guinness. I mean, see, but you were in England. Maybe you have to oh, be in Dublin itself. True. I don't know. Well, in Dublin, they just put a ton of whiskey in it. <laughs> that's the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's this the Guinness story. really burns. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's it's the water. Speaking it's of special which, water. Uh, this week I'm drinking the Nutcracker Ale, which comes to us from Boulevard Brewing Company in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Ooh, Boulevard does good stuff. I don't like this. Uh oh, I don't like it. I gotta say, mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, I I'm drinking it cold now. The other one I had was just chilled. It wasn't really cold. It was like from the from the supermarket, but. My first drink, it just tasted like vodka. Like it's, oh, wow. it's harsh. And they got the hops in here, but I don't know what they did to them because it is a harsh, <laughs> harsh brew. And usually I'm all about a bitter, a bitter brew, but this is like harshly bitter. And it just harshly tastes like bitter? it tastes like straight alcohol. It's only cruising in at seven point eight, which wow. is it's cooking. That's pretty good, but but uh, it's uh, it's pretty harsh. Hmm. But what can you expect? It's it's a, it's a southern brew. They do what they can. Yeah, it's Prairie State. Um, so for Christmas, I actually got a I got a fancy beer for Christmas. Oh, uh, Odetart is a back to back gold medal winner at World Beer Cup, which is 
the world's most prestigious beer competition. And in between, because that's every two years, in between those two years, it won a GABF gold medal winner. And it's a sour beer. And I really liked it. It's, uh, it's by the brewery in California, Placentia. And, uh, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was like just a great combination of oaky and sour. And I loved it, but, um, Tasha tried some and didn't like it. And everyone was making fun of me for drinking this fancy beer. <laughs> and, uh, I was accused of being a beer snob and I was just right. trying to defend it. I was like, it's good. It's cause you got to keep the pinky down, buddy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was flying wildly in the air. Yep. Got to keep that pinky down. All right, let's uh, let's do our little tiny mat roll-off. We're going to see who gets to speak first on the podcast uh, by rolling a 20-sided die. Jesse, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. I rolled a 2 on that bad boy. I rolled a 15. Wow. So it's my turn. Uh, return to glory here. Okay, uh, I'm going to start off. Uh, Jesse, do you know what the... Uh, what the blacklist is? It's a little vague. Uh, yeah. Can you narrow it down in, in regards to what? In, in regards to movies. Is it like some McCarthy era thing? There is that. There's the Hollywood blacklist, but this is a different blacklist. <laughs> okay, I don't. I don't think I do. No. So this is a this is a list, an annual list of the year's best unproduced screenplays. Mm. Uh, it once included *Inglorious Bastards* and *The King's Speech*. Um, but it is really, uh, full of some very interesting sci-fi, uh, plots. Okay. And, uh, io9 went ahead and wrangled all these plots together, and I kind of wanted to walk through them with you and see if any of them tickle your fancy, maybe we'll be able to vet some out a little bit as well. Yeah, let's, let's do it. All right. So, uh... So let's take a look. The first one is Hibernation. This is one that's actually, uh, I, I really was intrigued by this one. It's by Will Frank and Geneva Robertson Dwaret, or Dwaret, perhaps. Uh, it says, a wrongly convicted inmate volunteers for a hibernation experiment in exchange for one day of parole every five years, which he uses to prove his innocence and search for his missing daughter across an increasingly futuristic landscape. Hmm. I think that sounds pretty cool. So I, I, I think that the, uh, you know, it's a hibernation experiment. So he probably is in hibernation and then he wakes up and has one day off and then it hibernates for another five years. Right. Yeah. Um, to prove his innocence. Mm hmm. Uh, I feel like I feel like you'd probably get more better use out of your time. If you just didn't sleep for five years and then had one day off. <laughs> this is the I problem. It's like, okay, so I don't know. Maybe it's in the future. So say people live for 100 years. He was imprisoned at age 20. So uh -huh. that's 80 years. 80 divided by 5 is uh, 40. Is that correct? No. 80 divided. No, no that that's 80 two. divided by 2 is 40. Uh, that would be 16. <laughs> 80 divided by 5 is 16. It's late. I'm drinking. Uh, right. So that means you have 16 days. So you have like, you're basically awake for two weeks. So you volunteer for an experiment and you're awake for two weeks in order to prove your innocence. But yeah, you well, unless you know you're going to be able to prove your innocence in like three days. Yeah. I don't think it's worth it. I think you'd probably be able to cobble together uh, like a day's worth of free time yeah, exactly. without going to sleep in a year. <laughs> That's probably true. 
I don't know. I just like the. I mean, you can have like books and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) In prison. Interesting. It's not like you're busy. (laughs) Uh, So we poked holes in that one. All right, number two. Story (laughs) of your life. This is by Eric Heisrer, based on the short story by Ted Chiang. It says when an alien craft lands, or when alien crafts land around the world. A linguistics expert is recruited by the military to determine whether they come in peace or are a threat. As she learns to communicate with the aliens, she begins experiencing vivid flashbacks that becoming that become the key to unlocking the greater mystery about the true purpose of their visit. Mm. You know, you know the military has a ton of linguistics ex- experts already. Mm-hmm. Like that's why. Like, all the translators are linguistics experts. Right. Right. So they had to recruit one? <laughs> I'm taking it as my task to just poke holes Do in it, these man. premises. When we find the one that has no holes poked in it, then then we will have it. All right. Yeah. The, the next one's America Town by Ben Poole. In a China-dominated near future, a former LAPD officer attempts to save his family from destitution in Los Angeles by working for a crime lord in the American ghetto within a thriving Hong Kong. Mm. Did you get all that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this one's legit. Yeah, I'm in on that. You know, it's a little bit of a, of a reversal. Also kind of Blade Runner-ish. Blade Runner-esque. Yeah, so it's like he lives in America town in Hong Kong. Right. Mm. That's, that's pretty interesting. I think it would be more interesting if it was like a sitcom. It's like it's like the it's like a it's like a uh, a follow up to Cougar Town, America. Oh, it's your classic off. fish out of water. Yeah, Courtney Cox lives in an America Town ghetto in Hong Kong. <laughs> I think it'd be funnier if it was a Frenchman living in an American ghetto in Hong Kong. <laughs> Frenchman, yeah, Frenchman. That's uh, the, that's the, that's yeah, the this correct is, term, isn't it? And that's a that's a comedy. I don't know. I think it's a comedy. Yeah. I mean, the premise is pretty hilarious. Yes. <laughs> All right, next one, Man of Tomorrow by Jeremy Slater. In an alternate 1940s reality, I like that, the U.S. Yeah. government makes a deal with an indestructible gangster to kill Hitler in exchange for the city of Chicago, which he will build into his own utopia. Unfortunately, this model city never comes to fruition, and both he and the Bureau liaison get much of the slack for destroying one of America's greatest cities, and now the government wants him dead. Okay. I like this. It's interesting. I think this would be better as, like, a TV show. Yeah, you're you're on that kick, aren't you? I just think, like, in two and a half hours to, to, uh, to kill Hitler and then build a utopian city that fails and then have the ramifications of that come to light, that seems like a lot to happen in like a two and a half hour window. No, you can you can cram like the whole killing Hitler thing and like the trying to build a utopia thing and it like falling apart. That's like all opening credits. <laughs> you can montage that. Yeah, that's just an animation. <laughs> it's like up, you know. Yeah, it's like up. It's yeah. like the it's the first five minutes, going to cry, and then uh, you, you move along with the real story. All right, the next one here is The Final Broadcast. It's by Chris Hutton and Eddie O'Keefe. A man takes a job as a radio broadcaster in a small town only to discover 
that it is embedded with a radical group planning mass destruction in conjunction with an upcoming lunar eclipse. Mm. Now you know. This I, is, what do you got? Uh, this is this is pretty Arkham Horror-y. It actually is. Yeah, that's very cult. It's like a cultish thing. Yeah, you got like a lunar, like a you know, planetary-based cult that's planning havoc, and you have mm-hmm. a guy who's not an investigator, but is, is going to have to end up investigating this cult and trying to figure it out, and maybe prevent some sort of doomsday scenario. Yeah, I like it. I like it. That sounds good. I feel like you could strong arm a little Azathoth or Cthulhu in there, Definitely. or Yarlathotep, and and have yourself a ball. Yeah, slap some HP Lovecraft on the title and uh, <laughs> call it the Thing Three. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, this is <laughs> this is me as a, a Hollywood executive. Yeah, I think that'd be great if you. I'd be that'd be awesome if you ran your own studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one hits close to home, literally. Hey, called oh. the Portland Condition by Dan Cohn and Jeremy Miller. Set against the backdrop of rainy Portland, Oregon, a young man finds himself falling in love for the first time, only to receive a letter from his future self warning him of impending heartbreak. Mm, so, a letter from his future self? Yes. So, at some point, he slipped in a wormhole, and Cthulhu uh-huh. influenced him yep. uh, to write this letter... Slap H.P. Lovecraft on it and call it a movie. Call it the thing on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I think it'd be a lot more. <laughs> go for it. Uh, go ahead. Oh, jinx. Oh, I, I think it would be a lot more interesting if, if instead of warning him of impending heartbreak, it, he was warning himself of impending doom. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. At the hand of the woman that he loves. Yeah, this is a little um, eternal sunshiny. Yeah, you're right. Eternal sunshine of the rainy city. And also, is Portland really that rainy, or is it just no. getting, like, it's uh, pardon of... the pun, but runoff Can from I... being so close to Washington? See, I need to talk about this, because there was a post that w- went to the top page, the top of the front page of Reddit. And it was, I'm moving to Seattle in a few weeks. Here's a picture of my dog. Is she ready? And it was, like, a dog in, like, hipster glasses and, like... Basically dressed up as a hipster. Uh-huh. And I was like, ladies and gentlemen, buddy. that's Portland. That's Portland. It rains in Seattle. Yes. It's hipster in Portland. Now, now Seattle has its hipster element. I mean, Capitol Hill is like the hipster is like the hipster mecca of Seattle. But everywhere else, people just wear like North Face fleeces. Yeah. I, uh, Seattle's not even all that hipstery. I mean, there right. is Capitol Hill, but I'm sure every city has that area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty weak. And, I, like, Seattle's rainy because, like, we're on the convergence of, like, the Alaskan, like, cold front right. meeting, like, the Pacific warm front coming up from Hawaii and California. Right. And then there's the Olympic Mountains that, like, cause it to rain, like, right after there and right before it hits the Cascades. Right. We're in the rainy pocket. Does Does Portland have that? Uh, I think it gets it a little bit, but I'm just saying, dude, I, I think we need to give Seattle a little more credit here. I think Portlandia <laughs> made Portland the trendy place to set a movie, 
But mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, let's not steal from our culture up here in Seattle. Portland has its own culture. They got plenty to draw on there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, just a couple more here. Uh, this one's Soma Cell by Ashley Powell. A female prison guard in the future where prisoners are rehabilitated with virtual reality discovers a conspiracy that puts her loyalty into question. Uh, already know the ending. The prison guard is actually in the prison. Mm, yeah. Yep. And also it's Total Recall. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, on Mars. <laughs> this one I really like. Um, Ground Control to Major Tom by Jason Mal. Mikalev, it says, after nine years, a NASA communications expert reconnects with the astronaut she believed to be dead and helps him rescue and helps rescue him from space. Uh, Halo Four. <laughs> Cortana, she's Cortana. She uh-huh. lives in his head. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, we'll just do one more here. Um. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this one's called Pest by, or Peste. It's P-E-S-T-E. It's Pesto. Oh, okay. Uh, by Barbara Marshall. That might be a typo. Uh, following the outbreak of a virus that wipes out the majority of the human population, a teen documents her family's new life in quarantine and tries to protect her infected sister. Eh, sounds okay. I like it. It's, it's a little... It's basically a zombie movie. Yeah, without the zombies. Are big. It's a zombie movie without the zombies. Do you think? Um, do you think that outbreak infection style movies are going to get more and more popular as population keeps growing? Well, there was a there was a one that came out last year called Contagion. Right. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's my educated guess. It's I, uh... relatable because we've all been to an airport. <laughs> <laughs> and breathe that recirculated air. Is this your uh, is this your movie exec again? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's pretty gross when you get on one of those uh, like Trans Pacific or Transatlantic flights, uh-huh. and you're on a plane with like 400 people, and you you're like the size of the plane. That much air is in there, and we're all sharing it. What can I say? It's share air. Get to know your neighbor. <laughs> or your lungs will do it for you. Get to smell your neighbor. Yeah. Well, that's the blacklist. Uh, so that's what we got to look forward to, people. That and more yeah. sequels. I'll pass. Pass <laughs> <laughs> on those ones. God. Jesse, what's your first topic this week? Well, uh, I kind of want to talk about uh, internet fiasco du jour, mm-hmm. um, which is Randy Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg's sister posted a photo on Facebook, but uh, she goofed up the uh, privacy controls, uh-huh. and it went public. Someone tweeted it to twi- Twitter, uh-huh. obviously, um, unless they're a bird, and uh, it kind of went semi-viral, and uh, Randy got upset about it, and... Um, was a little upset that a picture that she posted on Facebook that she thought was private ended up going public, which it's slightly ironic. That is super ironic. And I I feel like by the time uh, this podcast gets released tomorrow, it will it'll be kind of a burned out subject. It already kind of happened. Um, someone reported on it, and it was it 
it made the front page of Reddit, and it was just like the worst written article ever. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Your brother's Mark Zuckerberg, and his uh, his website does this and this and this. I feel so bad, and it, it was pretty trashy. Very condescending. Yeah, super condescending, and I I think we could extrapolate though a more interesting conversation, which is what it really, if any, privacy. Do you have on the internet, and are you entitled to any privacy on the internet? Well, it's a weird, it's a weird wild west. The internet is. Well, I so there's a couple things. First of all, I'm looking at this picture that Randy Zuckerberg posted, and it's it's nothing. Yeah, it's totally blasé. It's it's like a bunch of people. They're all staring at their phones, right. acting like interested or like laughing or shocked. And then Mark Zuckerberg is off in the corner, kind of like, "Oh, you guys!" That kind of look on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is ridiculous. But, yeah, she got upset at the friend that posted it, and her friend was like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and she was like, "It's okay." <laughs> basically but it, it got totally blown out of proportion because I'm like ah it's the Mark Zuckerberg sister this is really and, weird okay so she posted so Kelly Schweitzer at CH Schweitz posted it it says uh, Randy Zuckerberg at Randy Zuckerberg demonstrates her family's response to a poke gah posts his picture and then Randy Zuckerberg posts back not sure where you got this photo I posted it to friends only on Facebook you reposting it to Twitter is way uncool yeah, and then Kelly, way uncool. Kelly says, I'm just your subscriber, and this was top of my news feed. Genuinely sorry, but it came up on my feed and seemed public. Randy Zuckerberg, I think you saw it because your friends... Oh, she spelled your wrong. Oh, no, she didn't. Your friends with my sister. Thanks for the apology. I'm just sensitive to private photos becoming news. Digital etiquette. Always ask permission before posting a friend's photo publicly. It's not about privacy settings. It's about human decency. Yeah, I think that's why people are wigging out a little bit. Is like, this happens to people all the time on the on your brother's social network, and you're making it like a human decency issue. Yeah, like you don't. I mean, you don't post something online that you don't want other people to see. Exactly. That's especially that's what it all boils down to. Don't post it on Facebook. Like (laughs) you could make a private like. If, if somebody sends me a private gallery on Flickr, I I see that as something much differently than somebody posting a photo on Facebook. I mean, right. Facebook is now just about the biggest uh, broadcaster that we have. You might as well go into, like, Times Square and, like, hold up the photo. Like, this mm-hmm. is what's going on with me. I think it's a little ridiculous, man. I I don't think that you should. I mean, this is, where, this is what it comes down to. Um, and I, I run into this issue sometimes because I have a private Vimeo account and I do a video production as part of my job. And if I'm sending drafts of a video to clients, uh, then I will send them a video to Vimeo and I will put, uh, I'll password protect it. I'll make it so nobody else can see it unless you know the password to that video. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty secure because they also make it so that you can't download the video. Nobody can repost or relink the video. And the privacy settings are very easy to use. But Vimeo is more of a, I would say it's more of a professional video thing. I would never dream about doing that on YouTube. Right. You know? 
Well, you put it on YouTube, so I didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah. And, and people get that a lot. I mean, I think that we're going to be really, I wouldn't be surprised if this shows up in the Supreme Court um, eventually with how, you know, uh, posting a photo on Facebook or posting a video to YouTube, what does that do for actual privacy rights? And it, it, it actually, it blows my mind when I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid slash film reader and, uh, a lot of times they'll post trailers on there, and like they're the first run of the trailer, right? And so sometimes it's like the French trailer with with English subtitles or something, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get the scoop. And they'll link to a YouTube video, and then and then YouTube will take down the video for copyright claims by a Paramount or Warner Brothers or whatever. And I I just can't imagine a company being like, no, 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 you cannot post our commercial somewhere. <laughs> that is our commercial. And we want people to see it on our terms. It's a commercial, yeah. people. That's pretty funny. That's the other like, thing. That commercial was for French audiences only. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we don't want you non-Frenchies watching it yet. <laughs> it's just crazy to me. And I, I, My favorite is when I try to watch a trailer on YouTube and there's a commercial before it. Yeah. So I'm watching if a commercial. If you want to watch, watch that commercial, commercial, you got to watch this Razor commercial first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, Jesse, what do you think in terms of privacy online? Well, my philosophy is just don't put it online. Like, the only stuff you should put online is stuff that you're expecting everyone. You would be okay with everyone seeing it. But then again, I'm not a, I'm not a brother of a billionaire, the youngest billionaire ever, you know? Well, this is, this is the weird thing is that, like, it's not a weird picture. Like it's it's a picture that if it was on my news newsfeed, I would glaze right over it. Yeah. Like it's nothing. There's nothing controversial about it. It's just a picture of somebody at a family Christmas party or something. There, I've seen literally hundreds of those in the past three days. Right. Like, but I, maybe when you have like a higher profile, like she does, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you got to be a little more hard lined with your privacy. Well, then that's her problem. <laughs> like, yeah, don't put it on Facebook. Yeah, her being all mean to. Uh, and by the way, as a public figure, uh, you know she is. Uh, uh, you know, well, she's probably not, but her brother Mark Zuckerberg is immune to. Uh, you know, like you basically write whatever you want about him because he's a public figure. Right. This is why I wanted to say because I mean, you could. Pr- I'm sure they had the same conversation when print media started cropping yeah. up and people would be like, you can't just print whatever you want right. and everyone's going to read that. And then eventually that ended up going to the courts and they said like, no, that's that's not libel because you're a public figure. Right. And if you become a public figure, then you choose to give up those rights to uh, libelous claims, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you were right when you said this might go to the Supreme Court because I could definitely see there being court cases in the near future that determine the right to privacy on the internet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's the bottom line here is we are still in the wild west of the internet. In fact, I'd right. say we're in the thick of the wild west of the internet right now. I mm-hmm. think that we have our sheriffs, we have our vigilantes, anonymous. We uh-huh. have. Uh, we're building we're building this west but it's still a a treacherous place you know i yeah. think we were in the settlers phase in the 90s <laughs> and um you know in the past decade we're getting really into the wild wild west uh you know we even had our gold rush it's very uh, 
<laughs> it's interesting. I mean, but, but there's, there's gold in that base. <laughs> You know, there's still, uh, we're still, uh, we're still trying to iron all this stuff out. And yeah. And I actually think that in 20 years, yeah. you and me, our generation, we're going to wax nostalgically about the internet because oh, yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to change drastically and become almost unrecognizable. And we'll be like, back in my day, we could watch basically whatever we wanted for free. And the kids <laughs> will be like, you're kidding me. And we drove we our own watch, cars. Like, we, yeah, we have to watch like six Razor commercials now <laughs> if we want to watch the West Wing. Uh, well, I think that in the future, everybody will. I think they're going to be private. It'll mostly be private networks. And yeah, like, that'll be really weird. Yeah, it will be weird. But like, <laughs> I don't think, I think the internet is eventually, well, I mean, the internet already is not free and in the, in the fact that you have to pay for it to come into your house. But I I would imagine in the future you're probably going to pay like subscription fees to, uh, to sign on to to private internets. Right. That's crazy to think about. Like, yeah, yeah there's the free internet and it has like Wikipedia and stuff. But if you got to get like premium internet if you want real internet. Right. If you want to use you know our Facebook app for our yeah friends and family. You need to be on Time Warner Disney <laughs> only. Yeah. I don't HBO know. app. I think that we need to, like you said, I think we need to relish this time we have with our internet because I think that it will be <laughs> short lived. Uh, and it'll just, you know, it'll also be everywhere. It'll be, it already is everywhere, but it'll be even more everywhere. Oh, jeez. Like, Download all the porn you can now, put it on a thumb drive, <laughs> and bury it in a coffee can in the yard. <laughs> no, that won't work. Because what if you don't have anything to read it on? You need to print everything out. Print out your porn, <laughs> make a flip book, and then bury that in your yard. Uh, oh, man. Do you remember? Oh, you didn't go to Fairview. No. Uh, in my seventh grade class, my social studies class, I'm just remembering this now. In the, like, out in the field, uh, each class would, like, you would make, like, pottery or something and you would bury it as an artifact right and you uh -huh. but before you did that you would dig up last years and it was like to mimic some sort of excavation you know okay you could really <laughs> screw with some oh, kids man. if you went there <laughs> and just buried a couple of flip whatever you wanted. Oh, man. oh man that's also where i found my first uh mountain dew can that had been turned into a bong and i didn't know what it was what is this strange thing? <laughs> yeah, why would someone poke holes in a Mountain Dew can? <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. I'm 13. It smells anyway. weird. Uh, Mom, this smells <laughs> weird. Don't touch that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like you said, I think I think we're in the Wild West, and uh, love it while you can, people. Um, anyway, that, that yeah. may be a little foreboding, but whatever. Yeah, but if we're right, then we called it. Yep. Um, if, if we're wrong, we'll never speak of it again. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jesse, let's do some uh, trivia. What do you say? Let's let's do it. All right, here we go. I'm, uh, I rolled a two. Jesse, that's entertainment, but I say we do it. All right. You got a wild hair, huh? Uh-huh. All right, we're doing Genius 1 of Trivial Pursuit. Please play along at home. Jesse, this question is for you. 
What word was intentionally omitted from the screenplay of The Godfather? Hmm, intentionally, uh, I'm going to say Mafia. I'm going to say Godfather. Uh-oh. Mafia is correct. Yes! Yeah, there was that whole thing. I don't think that's, like, around anymore, but there used to be the thing, like, you can't say Mafia or else the Mafia will kill you. Really? It's like the, yeah, it's like Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Yeah, I don't know. It's easy to say that because we live in Washington State, and I'm pretty sure there was <laughs> never a mafia here. Nah. But if you lived in, like, Baltimore, maybe for- it'd be a different story. You forget about the renegade Swedish mafia in Ballard. Mm, that's a good point. But they're they're just a house music band. If you say mafia, they that's how they pronounce meatball. Exactly. So it's they just come and make Swedish meatballs for you. Yes. <laughs> just say it three times like Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this one's for me. What singer was known as the Vagabond Lover? I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to go with... I'll just go Dino. Dean Martin. The Vagabond Lover. What's the name of that guy I hate? The folk singer? James Taylor? No, the one who sounds like a weed whacker. Bob Dylan. Bob Bobby D. Yeah. Rudy Valley is who it was. <laughs> Of course. All right, Jesse, this one's for you. Uh, what 1972 Marlon Brando film was widely banned but not panned? Banned, not panned? Banned but not panned. What does that even mean? I have no idea. Is that a, some sort of joke? I don't know. I don't know what it means. Um, Not panned? Is it like a pancake goof? I'm going to say uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I'm sure it's a pancake goof. <laughs> I'll just go with The Godfather. Last Tango in Paris. All right, this one's for me. I need it to tie. I'm so confused by that. I know. Banned but not panned. All right, who narrated... Is that in- French for banned? I don't know. I'm uh, sorry. Moving on. Who narrated The Untouchables for 25 25- thousand dollars an episode i'm gonna go with john wayne i'll say morgan freeman walter winchell that means i win buddy that means you win that's what we get for doing true the pursuit entertainment <laughs> i'm okay with it <laughs> all right uh well it, uh, i won the roll off so my second topic this week is going to be something that uh i think we talked about this earlier but it's going to be it's super nerdy. Just, just okay. a disclaimer. I'm going to talk about magic cards. Yes. Uh, so Gate Crash is coming out uh, February 1st. Gate Crash is the new edition of magic cards. And uh, and before before we get into that, Jesse, I want to I just want to I just want to wax poetic a bit about. What makes Magic the Gathering so great? I was thinking about it today. Um, and I think that there are three things that make it really, really great. So, first of all, it's got a very simple rule set. Like, very, very simple. Um, you're, the, object, the object of the game is to bring your opponent down to zero life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that you stop getting stop dying basically is by casting spells which are cards 
um, and there are creature cards, and your creatures can fight each other or block creatures from getting to you. Um, there are spells that you can play, or sorceries and enchantments and artifacts, and you can play these, and they'll help you uh, help you win. But the, basically, it's got a very simple rule set, and the rules for the game change throughout the game. And they may change in ways that you did not expect uh, because cards work together. And that's that's the second thing that's really cool about it is the metagame. It's called the metagame of Magic um, in that a big part of the game is building decks and figuring out which cards work together to destroy your opponent. Uh, and so that, that whole idea of, of building the best deck is, is a huge aspect of Magic. It's almost bigger than actually playing the games themselves. Uh, and, uh, and it's called the metagame. I think that's the second part. And the third part, uh, that I think is really fun is that there are new sets that come out, uh, basically every three months now. And so you get a brand new set of cards to play with and brand new experiences and brand new rule changes. And yet those cards work together with cards that were made 10 years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you can use those to build a deck. I think that's what makes magic so fun for me. Um, what makes what makes magic fun for you, Jesse? Um, well, it's a what I like about magic is it's a fairly quick game. You can play it in like fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. you know. But you have a real gamey experience. Like, uh, it feels like you've accomplished a whole game, even though it's super quick. Right. But it, it remains fun in the downtime. It's one of those games you can think about. You think about your deck, and you think about what directions you want to take it, and what cards you can add and take away from it. And it's fun that it's fun to be able to like sit down by yourself and like deconstruct your deck and like look at the lands and the land spread and like the you know, divide it up by card types and stuff and like engineer this thing mm-hmm. and then put it together and then face an opponent with it. And yeah. that's kind of a game experience you don't get with a, a game that's entirely contained within a box. Like you can't do that with Settlers of Catan, you know? Right. And it's, you, you, it, and that's the metagame aspect of it. Yeah. And, and it's, you're like building this machine and then, and you may, you may spend hours and hours building this, basically this deck of cards, but, it all depends on how the cards come out when you actually play yeah. the game. So there is a randomness factor to it as well. But you have to factor that into the deck that you're building is the the chance right. also. It's pretty amazing. And you could just think about it forever. I mean, yeah, and it's also just a really good two-player game, which makes it easy to play. You got a buddy, yeah. you got 15 minutes, you can play a game of Magic. Exactly. And it's portable. Super portable. Um, so yeah, all of that, I mean, you know... All the and plus all the rules are written on the cards, which I yeah, think is awesome. Yeah, for the most part. Um, and another thing I wanted to add is that mm-hmm. it has a lot of like the fun game experiences that uh-huh. you have. Just like you think of the emotions that you have in a game that make a game real fun, like sitting there thinking about what move you're going to make and just being like, hmm. Uh-huh. And then you also have like the aha moment because like magic's all about secret information you don't know what your opponent has and they don't know what you have so it's like playing off the secret information and maybe they reveal something and you go oh no and that's fun (laughs) or you reveal something and go aha i got you and they go ah but now i got you instead it's just those kind of like visceral fun uh things and 
again, like I said, it's so quick that you can you can have a like kind of a roller coaster ride of emotions yeah. in like a ten fifteen minute game of Magic. I mean, I think the emotion aspect of it that's an upside and a downside. Because you could also get, I mean, there are games where I can just get so pissed. Like, if you're getting trumped, it can be not fun yeah. at all. But, so, yeah, but at least you're, it, it'll be over soon. And no one yeah. really gets that upset if you forfeit in Magic. If That's you're just true. like, all right, I can't win. <laughs> I like to fight it out. I always, I always dog, I dog yeah. it out to the last. I, I make you win, but I, I've played with other people who are like, there's nothing I can do. It's like, fair enough, my my deck just forced you to capitulate. Want right. to play again? <laughs> and you always got do. A, you always want to play again. Yeah, exactly. It's got a great play again factor. Right. And that's, that's like one time I was playing, a, I did a draft tournament with Aaron uh, at PAX. And I was playing him and there was some card where, uh, where I could prevent all the damage that he did to me that round. Mm-hmm. So he thought that he had me killed. And then I did that and it was a great moment. But he just killed me the next turn. But it was great that, <laughs> to have that one moment, like that twist, like he thought he had won the game, and then, uh, and then I had I had that one more turn to to play. Anyway, yeah. So that's why magic is great. Uh, uh, we we love magic. Uh, I think some of the downsides. I think sometimes the flavor, the flavor's fun, and the flavor really does. I love the idea of a lot of the flavor, but I think the flavor can be a turnoff to some people because it gets pretty pretty hardcore geeky. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I love the flavor because it's fun to build decks around like uh, ideas, and uh, anyway, um, but uh, but overall it's a great game. It's also a local product here. We like to shop local, made in written Washington. Um, but uh, but so Gate Crash is coming out right now. There's a uh, there's a it's called the the Return to Ravnica block, and mm-hmm. so what blocks are is they're basically three uh three sets of cards that are released um and each set is like hundreds of cards um but they're all based around a theme um and the cool thing about return to ravnica and i love return to ravnica and i think return to ravnica is my favorite set that's come out um it's just these cards that do a lot of things they're very interesting um and the thing about uh, the, the, the flavor behind Return to Ravnica is that Ravnica is basically like a city world. Like, basically, each set takes place on a different plane, which are these, like, areas of existence that are different, each one different from the next, and they're being created all the time. And Ravnica is, a, uh, is basically a city world, um, and it's made up of guilds. And so there are a bunch of guilds in Ravnica, and it adds a lot of fun flavor, uh, flavor to the whole thing. Um, and uh, and so I just want to talk through some some spoiler cards. I don't know if you heard about the spoiler cards that have come out, Jesse. I've only seen one, okay, but it was a pretty sweet card. So these are things they have. Uh, they have uh, what are these called? They're called uh, uh, keywords. And so basically there are little keywords that are on the cards that, that will tell you to do things. So like there's one called Death Touch, and that means that if a creature basically touches that creature, then they die automatically. Um, and there's Flying. Flying is a very common one in Magic. Uh, but there's some new ones here uh, with, uh, with, with the new Gate Crash deck, which is in Return to Ravnica. Uh, the first one's Fathom Mage. Um, hey. And what she has this thing called Evolve, 
which uh, which is whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, if that creature has a greater power or toughness than this creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the, the cool thing about this is uh, for those for those people out there who listen to the there's the Drive to Work podcast, uh, Magic Magic the Gathering Drive to Work podcast. They had a uh, uh, where they talk about each of the sets. They they had a, somebody who won one of the uh, one of the designer searches that they did there to design the cards. And they, he talks about in his designer search search he came up with this evolve uh, keyword. Mm. So this is something that was done by basically a fan of Magic who became a designer. And this was basically his. Uh, his application to become a designer was this evolve mechanic. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool, and that's a really cool mechanic. The next one is a uh, blood rush, and this is discard, uh, discard, discard. A target, a target attacking creature gets plus X plus X until the end of turn, where X is the number of lands you control. So that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, that could that could really get powerful. It could, but it doesn't have trample attached to it, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it's a one-turn, the one-turn burst that you can block unless you have a sneaky way of making sure it gets through. Yeah, um, but it's target attacking creature. So if that attacking creature has trample, or if that t- attacking creature is flying, it could be really good. And it could also be, uh, it, if the opponent has something that they don't really want to get rid of. Uh, yeah, it doesn't want to get rid of you attack with your guy and uh say you have like a 1/1 one, one, but you have five lands and they have a a 4/4 four, four, uh then maybe they choose to block but they know you could blood rush so they don't and mm-hmm. if they don't then you can get through with your little guy anyway and just to chip away at him. Chip chip chipperoo. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty great. It's not untapped lands. It's just a number of lands you control. It's a red-green card, and a, a red-green lands are very... Uh, it's not red-green, the uh, the show, the Canadian TV show. <laughs> it's mountain uh, forest. I would love if Possum Lodge was a rare card, a I rare would... land. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> it's a red-green. It taps for red or green. Yeah, it taps for red, red-green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but those are both, uh, those are both land types that usually have a bunch down, especially green. So that Yeah, could get really green good. is a total mana Excel, yeah. land Excel deck. And then the, the, the last keyword that's been revealed is Battalion. So okay. Whenever, whenever uh, this creature with Battalion and at least two other creatures attack, this creature deals three damage to target creature or player and you gain three life. Yeah, that's nuts. That's that's the red white one, right? Yeah, it's really good because basically, you know, red cards are damage cards, so that's your three damage. It's basically like a lightning bolt or a searing spear, and then gaining three life is like life link, which is a which is a life which is a white trait, which is if you deal damage to an opponent, you get that much damage as life for you. Yeah, red white has always been my favorite uh, combination to play ever uh-huh. since I started playing again as an adult. It's just so powerful. It's so fast. It does damage. It gives you life. Yeah. It's a uh, pretty good, pretty good card. Yeah, it is a pretty good card. Um, so I'm excited about this set, needless to say. Um, and I could talk about magic for a while, but I know not everybody who, who listens to this podcast <laughs> is super the magic. Well, uh, but if you ever want to play Magic and you say you're going to PAX, just let us know and we'll play Magic with you. Oh, for sure. We love Magic. 
And it's, it's, it's a cool game. <laughs> and we're going to do a booster draft in the error. Yes. Which is going to be fun. The drafters and the rafters. Drafters and the rafters, we call it. We're all uh, sitting next to each other on an airplane like a bunch of dweebs, and we're going to do a magic draft. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Which is a much more exclusive group than the Mile High Club, I would imagine. I don't know why they call it the Mile High Club. It's a five-mile high club. Well, back in the day, they didn't always fly that high. Well, unless, you're, unless you're, like, doing it on takeoff. <laughs> and really, anybody who's having sex in Denver is in the Mile High Club. Yeah, I'm sure that... I bet that's like a, a joke that gets made in Denver all the time. <laughs> That'll be their joke when we're in Boulder for bypass. <laughs> hey, what's with the mile high club? Because <laughs> we're like a mile high right now. <laughs> Excellent. That's the joke I will make to Jim Jones. <laughs> he will love it. He will love it. <laughs> all right, Jesse, what's your second topic? Okay, well, I want to discuss a little bit what I received for Christmas. Uh-huh. Because, uh, well, I'll explain why. So, I got a, uh, I got a case of beer, uh, like a sampler case uh-huh. of, uh, Kona and Widmere and Red Hook, right? My mom got me that. Yep. She, she always, or has, not always, but the last few years got me a, a beer sampler case. So cool. Uh-huh. Now, Tasha's dad also bought me a different beer sampler case. Ah. So, two cases of beer, right? Cool. Mm -hmm. And I got a gift certificate to the Poor House, which is a bar in town here with a great 12 um, rotating beer taps. And they always have new stuff. Really cool. So, great gift. Yeah. And I got a gift certificate to Olympic Home Brewing Supply. (laughs) In Bremerton, we're making beer. Uh-huh. And um, finally, I got a gift certificate to Silver City uh, Brewery and Restaurant in Excellent. Silverdale. Excellent. And I'm starting to fear that I'm either becoming a one-trick pony or an alcoholic. <laughs> well, usually, and I'm just surrounded by enablers. You just you have a whole family full of enablers. <laughs> These are from five different people, too. I don't know, man. I think that, uh. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm not complaining. Right. It's just a little weird. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's like the only thing you got. <laughs> Basically. Except Tasha didn't get me anything beer related. So that okay. was, that was kind of a relief. Well, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that guys are kind of hard to shop for. Guys are hard for sh- to shop for. Yeah. And it's just, Apparently they're like, "What should I get Jesse? I ah, get him something beer related." Why not? Who's gonna Who's gonna turn that down? I think we all, we once had like a what to get, uh, what to get uh, nerds for Christmas, and I think booze was like the number one thing. <laughs> like, when in doubt, just get booze. It's true. Maybe maybe it's just that I'm hard to shop for because like, if you weren't gonna get me beer, you would have to like get me magic cards or something right. like kind of hyper specific so instead it's just you know go take the easy and i will the say, easy selection which i thoroughly enjoy don't get me wrong yeah that's i think that people are very apprehensive about buying games for people right because that's that's high risk high reward it is and like even if you ask for the game i think it could be kind of intimidating to walk into a game section or yeah or like it's kind of intimidating to buy magic cards if you don't know 
totally the, the deal because like you go I, up there to the counter and there's like 700 different magic cards yeah. and then you're like uh, uh take dark, <laughs> dark ascension that's that's a conversation i wouldn't want to have like no i'm buying magic cards for someone which one should i get <laughs> <laughs> well oh, what are they you. like i don't know they like magic cards <laughs> uh yeah i'd be trying safe. time spiral no. <laughs> Some people love Time Spiral. Uh, it's it's wacky. It's wacky like tobacco. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I don't know. I I think that beers is such a safe gift for the dudes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you were becoming an alcoholic, your family wouldn't just buy you a bunch of beer. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> that's why I'm starting to. I'm okay with it because. If I was becoming an alcoholic, that would be wildly irresponsible behavior on their part. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> so, I'm trusting this as tacit endorsement of my uh, beer appreciation. I think it's Not good. a sign that I'm becoming a raging alcoholic. I do think it's kind of sad that they bought you all this beer and then they called you a beer snob. <laughs> it, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> They did give me be- good beer, but it's not like I would have ever like if someone had got me a six pack of Rainier, I would have been like, "Sweet, <laughs> thanks." You know, like I, that's why I don't know. Maybe that's just the the logic loop that goes in my brain. Like I like bad beer too, so I'm not a snob. <laughs> well, I know what I'm getting you next Christmas. <laughs> six pack of Rainier. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take I, it. I just think, guys. I, I mean, I'm. I think I'm getting into to the age where. I mean, I got a sweater. I got a nice sweater. I got a shirt. But I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm like, I don't really care about what I get. I like getting presents for other people. Yeah, I don't care either. I'm a dad. Like my present getting days are over. <laughs> I know it's like <laughs> birthdays. Like I'm gonna be 28 next year. Like there's nothing fun about that. <laughs> 28's still pretty young. I know, but I, like 21 is like the last birthday that you enjoy having. Yeah, that's a good point. Except now, now you just got to appreciate that you have more control of your life. That's true. So like you can do something nice for yourself. That's true. And I, you know, the other thing is like if I was president, I would uh, do age restricted things much more. <laughs> like there would be things you couldn't do until you were 31. And then oh, things you I couldn't see. do till you were thirty six, and things you couldn't do till you were forty two, and then all of a sudden those birthdays become great. Yeah. Well, you can't become president until you're thirty five, so that's, that's one of them. That's true. The presidential birthday. <laughs> that's what head. I'm doing for my birthday. I'm running for president <laughs> when I turn thirty five. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's it. <laughs> that's that. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas I'm happy with my beer. <laughs> I'm like a beer king. I could sit on a throne of beer if I wanted to, but I don't want to warm it up. You sit on a throne of beer. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, all right. Well, I guess uh, I guess it's time to move on to some recommendations. Before we do, we just want to let you know once again where you can get in touch with us. Find us on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, you can always uh, write to us at personalarguments at gmail.com. You can give us a call at 360-362-0024. Uh, you can uh, tweet at us at Personal Podcast. Um, and you can rate and review us on iTunes, which is awesome when you do that. And uh, we will read your rate and your review on the show. 
if you do that. Uh, we got some in the coffer, so we'll, I'll go ahead and read those next week. That's a promise for me to you. Oh, right. We got some great rate and reviews, so yeah. thank you. Um, and keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. Um, so that's about it for this week. Uh, we also want to remind everybody to check out the Ball Move Network. Uh, all the TV shows are kind of on hiatus right now, but, uh, but of course, the Because Show is happening. And right. uh, the, the Because Show this week did feature a phone call from Jesse and Eric about maggings, mm-hmm. uh, which are male leggings. We talked about what you wear with maggings. Um, and then they challenged us to send them a picture of us wearing that outfit. But uh, we would have to post it on Facebook, and then it could go anywhere. <laughs> so It's a privacy. It's a human decency issue. It really is. It's really for the viewer. Yeah, <laughs> it's more for the. I mean, I would do. I I wear that every day when I'm at home. Right. I find nothing more comfortable than a tight pair of leggings. <laughs> uh, but uh, but please, I don't think anybody else needs to see that. Right. Um. But anyway, check out the Because Show. Check out the Bald Move Network. And uh, thank you for listening, Jesse. What's your first recommendation this week? My first recommendations. Well, I, I actually hit it pretty. We hit it pretty early, but it's uh, Seahawks playoffs. Like uh-huh. I, like Eric said, if your team's knocked out, just root for Seattle. Seattle's never won one before. Uh, Russell Wilson seems like a nice guy, so might as well root for Seahawks. Super nice guy. Uh, my first recommendation this week is going to be, uh, I, I, I hinted at this earlier, but if you are trying to figure out what to get your SO for Christmas, your significant other, make sure she has a Pinterest like, Pinterest is the best Christmas list generator. Yeah? It made me the king of Christmases here. I've never actually used Pinterest. I don't know how it works. Well, you don't have to have a Pinterest account yourself. Just make sure your significant other has one. Uh-huh. So that she can post all of the things that she likes, and then you can just check her Pinterest, and then get her all those things. Christmas. <laughs> just get her all those just things. get her all those things, and then you'll be, in the, you'll be great. Wow. Yeah. Okay, uh, my recommendation <laughs> is something I'm Pinterested in, and that's Session Logger. Oh, yeah. Been enjoying this the last couple of days. Uh, I, I was able, it was on sale, picked up a 12-pack case for nine ninety nine. Pretty good deal. Well, this is my problem with with uh, with Session, is that if you buy it's a 12-pack. It's, it's basically an 11-pack. It's an 11-pack, because they're 11-ounce right. bottles. Yeah. So you lose an entire bottle on a 12-pack. This is true. But it's a session L, so you're not supposed to drink it to get drunk. Exactly. And it's also like a 5.4%, which is not really a session. That's yeah. like normal beer strength. <laughs> yeah. So you're already ahead of the curve. But it's 11, it's, a, it's 11 ounces, so uh huh. You hopefully you're drinking less. Or more. Yeah, one ounce. Uh, and then my segmentation this week is going to be, it's a show, uh, the first 10 episodes are on Netflix, and I know there's some bald movers out there who have watched it and have opinions on it. Hell on Wheels. Uh, it's a western uh, that I've been watching uh, a bit of, and it's kind of campy. There's not a ton of character development happening, but I just love western so much. And like a western TV show, I'm in there. I don't. I don't really care if it's good or not. Hmm. Um, I'll have to check that out. And it's actually pretty good. Commons right. in it. The rapper. Um, there's this guy who is like kind of the He's in, he's a, he's a head of security for like this wild west town, and they call him the Swede, but he's Norwegian, um, and he's like a kind of a creepy sociopath. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. 
Um, and I say check it out. All right. Check it out. So that's about it this week, guys. Uh, thank you for letting us pour another hour of sound into your ears. Uh, please keep in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'd like to remind you that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.